We thank you for allowing us to be here once again, Jesus. We thank you for the blood of Jesus this morning. We thank you for the cross this morning. We thank you for the sacrifice, Lord Jesus. Lord, and we ask you, Lord, today, Lord, as we go to your word, we ask you to lead us, Lord God, us direct us, Lord. Lord, open up our eyes that we may see and our hearts that we may receive. In your name we pray, amen. All right, thank you. You may be seated. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So first and foremost, I would just love to recognize my family. Thank you, Lord. There's four people right here who were just massive in my spiritual life. My auntie came today, and she actually taught me how to pray. <laughs> it was good. It was so good. Thank you, Lord. We used to be in our, I don't even know, I know she remembers being there, but the church I grew up in, we would have adult prayer in the sanctuary and in the fellowship hall. Thank you, Lord. The kids would be praying too. And um, sometimes you got to fake it till you make it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And my auntie, she was always, always faithful to check us and be like, listen, do you really feel what, you, what, you, what, you, what you're saying? Are you being sincere? And um, I'm just so grateful this morning that at God's appointed time, hallelujah, thank you, Lord, it became sincere. So I just I honor my parents and my uncle over there. Um, when my dad couldn't make football games or whatever it may have been, thank you, Lord, for my uncle who would always be there. So I'm super excited this morning. I'm, I'm excited about my lesson. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, but I'm super excited about what's going on in kids' church this morning. Thank you, Jesus. That's, that's powerful. That's so powerful. That is so powerful. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. What does the scripture prove to us? It proves that whatever portion of God's word we go to, it has the ability to profit us. Right? So wherever we go in the word of God this morning, I just want you to ask the Lord, God, open up my eyes that I may see what you have for me this morning. Thank you, Lord. So we're going to make a deal real quick. So if I preach hard, y'all got to shout, right? I, co- I, come from a, I come from a shouting church. <laughs> so where I, when I preach, you shout. You got it? Do you got it? So let's act like I'm preaching real hard. Let me hear you. (laughs) Let's do it again. Let's act like I'm preaching real hard. Cam, Cam, where you at? Come on. Can I get some? I can't. Can can you push me in the monitor? We're going to preach later. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hi, the scripture proves that, right? Any portion of the word of God is profitable to us. So let's go to the book of Luke and in the second, seventh chapter in verse 37, we're going to start and I'm going to read for you, okay? And by God's mercy, we're going on a little trip and we'll receive something from his word. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment. And stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with tears 
and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with ointment. Thank you, Lord. Now, when the Pharisees, I'm reading KJV, y'all. If it don't, if it don't line up, you know why. I'm KJV. And when the Pharisees, which had been in him, saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. I promise we'll get back to that verse, but we won't stay there. Let's go to the book of, the book of Mark, and in the 10th chapter, we find another story. Um, starting in verse 46, and it starts like this. And they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, a great number of people, and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thy son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried the more in a and a great deal, thy son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, what will thou that I should do unto thee? And the blind man said, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in this way, um, in, in the way. So that in itself will preach, right? That in itself will preach, right? There's, there's some pastors right there. That's, that's enough for them, right? They're, they're going to preach. They're going to preach that right there. And if I were... In the African-American church, <laughs> and that was my sermon, and that's what I wanted to preach. Give me some churchy chords real quick. <laughs> I said that in itself would preach, right? So one of those pastors would begin with saying something like this. They, say, they would say, I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning, <laughs> but I feel like somebody <laughs> is standing in the need like blind Bartimaeus. <laughs> One of those churches, you know, my parents were raised in. Right? Amen. And then I would give you two choices. Choice number one would be to let somebody else's opinion stand between you and your breakthrough. Rabbi Saya, I'm not bilingual. I got the Holy Ghost. Just to let you know. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Choice number one would be to let someone else, their opinion, Stop you from getting your breakthrough. Choice number two would be to press past, right? And they would preach that. And they would say something like this. They would say, I, I stopped by 14, I'm sorry, 4200, 17th Ave, north, to let you know Jesus of Nazareth is coming. Yes, yes, they would. <laughs> yes, they would. We getting it. We getting it. I preach, you, 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 you shout. I'm, we, we getting it. By the end of this thing, we're going to really get it. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Jesus of Nazareth is coming. Thank you, Lord. So first and foremost, I want to thank the Lord, and we should all shout and praise and hoop and holler about this thing. I want to thank God for the leadership in this place. Rabbi Sai, thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. And it is my privilege to be a part of a team that has a passion to seek the loss, a team that prays for revival for their community, and a team that has come to the realization that the church of Jesus Christ extends past these four walls. I think we all believe that this morning, right? So blessed be the name of Jesus. And we all know this, the Great Commission in, in Matthews 28. It says, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. But my question is this morning, what's going to happen when the Lord sends the harvest? Will we be ready for the harvest when the Lord sends the harvest? Pastor Heath is so faithful, and all these other teams, they're so faithful to go out and do what Pastor talked about this morning, go out and outreach. What is that about? That's about seeking the lost, hallelujah, for Jesus. That's what it's about. But what happens when God sends in people that don't look like us? Thank you, Lord. What happens when he sends in people that have different political views than us. Somebody with blue hair, somebody with ripped jeans. Hallelujah. What happens when the Lord sends a broken person in here? Hallelujah, bless your name. Will we be ready? What happens when the Lord sends hurting people in, people who have been stripped by the enemy? When they come, what will your response be? What will your response be this morning? And if we may, let's go back to the verses we read prior and highlight how these people that had needs were treated. Let's highlight that. Thank you, Lord. The blind man crying out for healing was told to hold his peace. How will we treat people who come in here with infirmities? How will we treat people who come in here with sickness and disease? Thank you, Jesus. My question is this morning, is the church no longer a hospital for sick people? Honey, you used to hear that all the time. And a lot of times when I talk, listen, I... At a very young age, I learned that, that phrase in the Bible that said to be slow to speak and quick to listen. Hallelujah. So those old-time saints would say that Jesus was a doctor and that the church was a hospital for sick people. Rabbi Kasai, but is it still that this morning? Is it still that this morning? Thank you, Lord Jesus. And there's a story with the woman with the alabaster box who worshiped at Jesus' feet. Need I say that the people that were with Jesus were supposed to be the religious people. But did you see them worship? Did you see them? Did, did they lay at his feet? Did they treat him like a king? They did not. But what did they say? He said it within his heart. If he were a prophet, he would have known who 
and what manner of woman this is that touched him. For she is a sinner. Thank you, Lord. Honey, that's not the attitude that we're supposed to have. That is not the attitude that we're supposed to have. But how many times, hallelujah, blessed be the name of Jesus, I've seen it, I've been in church my whole life. Has somebody come in who had a past? Right? And honey, you knew about the past. If somebody else knew about that past and they treated them accordingly, as if there was not a doctor in the room. Rabbi Kasai, blessed be the holy name of Jesus. How many times have we seen this? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. If I can remind you of another story, I know we're flying. It was my goal this morning to do a couple things. To make sure somebody recorded Ryland preaching. That was one. That's done. Right? <laughs> my second goal is to get you out of here before kickoff of the Bucks game. <laughs> That's the second goal. <laughs> And we're doing all right, I promise you that. We're doing okay. We're doing okay on time. Thank you, Jesus. 8.20. So we got, uh, <laughs> honey, we got nine hours of this. Nine more hours of this. Listen, I would leave too if a preacher told me that. Honey, I got to go. I got to, I got to eat. Since, and since I'm with my people this morning, we might go have some chicken. <laughs> Blessed be the name of Jesus. That's good. That'll preach too, chicken. What happens when the Lord sends us people who have a past? Let's go to another story. Let's go to John 8. We all know this story. Where we find a woman that's fallen from grace. Right? And in verse 5, I'm sorry, 4 and 5, it says, They said unto, unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery. In the very act, so there was no debating this thing. In the very act, the word of God says. Now Moses and the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? Huh? Once again, once again, we find someone who does not look like us. And need I say, look like us anymore. Right? Because if you told the truth this morning, every single person in here is an ex-something. That's, that's good. Every single one of us, right, is an ex-something. That's true. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Now, in today's world, we hear all the time, and I was, Georgia, your dad was, uh, when I'm here on, on Wednesday nights, I, I love to sneak into Bible study where the pastor's doing it or whoever's doing it. And uh, when I walked in there, they were talking about, <laughs> I'm just going to tell you how it was. They're talking about this new generation. Remember, you remember what I'm talking about in the cancel culture? You probably didn't even know I was in there. Um, but they're talking about the cancel culture. 
And, and the question was, where did this cancel culture come from? Right? Where did this come from? This is something new. This ain't something new. Honey, that ain't new. The cancel culture? What's the cancel culture? Uh, when someone does something wrong or doesn't say what we want them to say or do what we want them to do, what do we do? We try to alienate them. We try to strip them of their platform, right? <laughs> but in the Bible days, honey, they had a real cancel culture. Huh? They had a real cancel culture. You know what the cancel culture was back then? Honey, you got stoned. You, you for real got canceled. <laughs> honey, if that's not canceling, I don't know what canceled, to be canceled means. Listen, I can unfollow you on social media, and I, I cannot support your platform. But listen, for me to line you up and say, man, let me go find the biggest rock I can. They deserve to be canceled. <laughs> that, Jose, that's next level, brother. That's next level, man. But we find Jesus in verse 7 putting an end to this way of thinking by making a statement. Thank you, Lord. We all know what he said, but what did he say? He that is without sin among you. Uh-huh. Let him first cast a stone. Mm, I, I, I thank God for the word of God. Because if you keep reading just a little bit later, there's a question posed. And he said, woman, where are thou accusers? Rabakasaya. It's so like Jesus. That when we have this mindset that we can get on our, our little throne and begin to judge, huh? And begin to say what this is and what this isn't and, and who this is and who this isn't or, you know, condemn people that's so like Jesus to do what? To show us ourselves. Hallelujah. And I bless God for that this morning. So like Jesus. So guess what? I'm almost done, y'all. We, we almost there. We went on, we went on a short trip. I, went, I ain't take you to Georgia. I took you to Ocala. <laughs> Blessed be the name of Jesus. Took you to Ocala. Luke, the 10th chapter, we find a story of a good Samaritan. Let me read a little bit of it for you. In, in verse 30, it says, and Jesus said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him, what, half dead. And by chance there came a, what, a priest, somebody who was supposed to know better. That's good. What is the Lord saying to us this morning? And when he saw him, he passed by him on the other side. Honey, that's a churchgoer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. What do I feel like the Lord saying to us this morning? That He's going to send the harvest. No, the word of God says what? That if I be lifted up, what, what will he do? He'll begin to draw. 
Hallelujah. And we come here every time we're here. We, we do what? We lift up his name. We lift up his name. We lift up his nature, right? And what do you think he's doing? He's always true to his word. Honey, he's drawing in, right? He's drawing people in. Blessed be the name of Jesus. And we have to make sure that we do not become a church that look at people and their sinful condition and pass them up as if they're beyond repair. You hear that? Honey, nobody's beyond repair. Thank you, Lord. I say no one is beyond repair. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. But if I can just set a scene this morning, if we can do that, if I can have you internalize this thing and take upon the life of that man that was stripped, that was on the side of the road, that seen people, church people, pass him by. Can you imagine how hopeless this man felt? Can you imagine how helpless he felt watching people walk by? But since we're set in the scene, I just want us to all close our eyes just really quick. Honey, I want you to remember how hopeless and how helpless you were before Jesus came into your life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, when everybody was passing you up. And honey, you felt no, no hope. You felt no help. You had no worth. You had no value. Hallelujah. Can I take you back to whatever song was being sung when you found Jesus? There's a song that says, just as I am, without one plea, but that thine blood was shed for me. There's another song that says, Jesus makes the vilest sinner clean. There's another song that says, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a rest like me. Hey, I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but because of Jesus, I see this morning. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, just lift up your hands this morning. Lord, we thank you for that time. Lord, we thank you for that place. Hallelujah. We thank you this morning for where you found us. Whatever pitch you found us in, Lord, I give you glory this morning that you didn't leave us the way you found us. We're grateful this morning. We're grateful this morning. We're grateful this morning that you didn't pass us up. You didn't pass us by. You looked at our situation and you said, I can fix it. I can fix it hallelujah there's nothing my blood can't do 
There's no sin that the blood of Jesus can't cover this morning. And honey, when I was praying this week, I knew we were talking about the lost and, 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 and all those different things. But honey, there's somebody in here that's hurting today. Somebody in here who, who, who's bound with something today. And honey, you don't want to stand up because you're afraid of being canceled. Honey, church people can be some of the most hurtful people. What the word of God say to the church. And I think of, it was either Ephesus or Laodicea. And he told them, honey, you left your first love. I'm trying to explain to you this morning how you can be somebody who's lost and Jesus finds you and you can be grateful. But honey, you can leave your first love. Ramon Kusaya. And you can forget where you came from. Hallelujah. And our, our prayer is this morning, Lord, don't let us forget where you brought us from. Honey, if you're not still grateful for the cross of Calvary, you've missed it. You've gone astray. If the blood of Jesus doesn't do anything for you anymore, Honey, you need to get on your face, hallelujah, even today, and say, God, would you rekindle my fire? Hallelujah. If the stripes on his back no longer move you, what does that say for your spiritual relationship today? You may be like, why are you saying this? Because I'm telling you, I'm telling you that the Lord sent in a harvest and he's sending people. And until we rekindle that first love relationship, honey, we won't treat people the way that they're supposed to be treated. And if you're here this morning and you go to this church, hallelujah, and you're scared of someone's opinion about you. Honey, if I can be the hands and feet and mouth of Jesus this morning, you're not beyond repair. And if I can go back to one of the scriptures that I talked about before, honey, Jesus of Nazareth abides in this place. He does. So we cannot be a church, hallelujah, that have walked away from our first love relationship. Honey, do you remember that first prayer? Oh, when somebody asked you to lift your hands. And they told everybody to close their eyes and they said, honey, if you need Jesus, raise your hand. Hallelujah. If you need Jesus, raise your hand. I remember that place. I was nine years old. Thank you, Lord. 
And how many know that you got to choose this for yourself? Your parents can't choose it for you. And I was in Indiana. I was at a, a youth camp. And honey, back in those days, we got baptized every, every year, it looked like, because we just wanted to get in the pool. <laughs> they would give an invitation and say, who wants to get baptized? Me. Everybody. Been baptized like five times. Thank you, Lord. One of them, one of them worked. I don't know which, which one worked, but honey, one of them worked. But I remember one night, I thanked the Lord. And the, the crowd I hung with, we were, all our parents had, had uh, church offices. They were either deacons or pastors. Like, so we were the, the bad PK kids, you know, kids running around, <laughs> slapping people on the back of the head. You know, those kids, you know, those kids y'all know, those kids that you want to put a belt to, those kids. Uh-huh, we were those kids. And I remember uh, one night, Thank you, Lord. There was an altar call. And this is why I think it's so important. I think it's so wonderful what's happening over in that room tonight, today. Honey, it is so important for these young people to know who they are. Because the world is going to send them at some point into identity crisis. But if we at this age, and this is why everybody in this room today should go tell that young man something encouraging today. Because guess what? The world's going to try to strip him. Seriously. We know the world's going to try to strip him of his very identity. And that's why I think it's so powerful because I am a living testimony of what God can do with young people. Honey, I wasn't even looking for God at that youth camp, but let me tell you something. Me and the rest of them bad boys got up there (laughs) and we lifted our hands and we just began to cry. We began to weep. And I remember eight or nine years old, just weeping and saying, God, I don't want to leave this place. And then they took me out and they took us out. And I started crying because I didn't want to stop crying. Because that was for the first time in my life, honey, I felt the love of the Savior. Blessed be the name of Jesus. So what it is our response supposed to be this morning? Verse 33, but a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. Honey, our response when we see these type of people is supposed to be compassion. Huh? You're supposed to testify to these people and say, look, I know where he found me. I know where he found me. And honey, if he could do it for me, he can do it for you. I don't care where you are right now in your life. 
Hallelujah. It reminds me of the story of Lazarus. We can all call that a dead situation, right? And looking around at the carnal mindset of people, they thought it was too late. Right? And they begin to get angry. Mary and Martha, right? They told God, you're too late. They didn't know he was on time. Huh? They didn't know he was on time. And I just felt the Lord say to me, listen, there's somebody in here who, honey, you're angry and you're upset about somebody who's gone astray in your life because you, you prayed for them. You fasted for them. And guess what? There's nothing's happened. But let me tell you, even in that dead condition, and the Bible says that it, he was stinking dead. Just one word. Just one word from the Savior changed his condition. But a portion of the word of God that people look over in that passage is that what? He said, unbound, unbind him. He needed help from the brotherhood to continue forward. God didn't heal him and say, honey, you go by yourself. But no, I'm going to put some people around you that would help you in the next step of your journey. Don't overlook that. Blessed be the name of Jesus. And when this Samaritan went to him and bound up his wounds, he poured in the oil and he poured in the wine. And he set him on a beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, take care of him. What does that sound like to me? That they've gone beyond initial relationship. And now, honey, it's about discipleship. Right? It's not about just a, that initial step of salvation, but now it's we walk with them through this life. Right? And he, he take care of him, and whatsoever thou spinnest, when I come again, I will repay thee. And I just feel the Lord this morning saying to us, honey, whatever you spin, Whatever sacrifice you made when helping the loss, I will repay you. The word of God says, don't be weary in well-doing, because you will reap if what? You faint not. Honey, don't lose hope this morning. God sees what you're doing. I said, God sees what you're doing this morning. So it's time for us as a church to be moved with compassion once again for the loss. It's time for us to bind up their wounds. It's time for us to pour in the oil. It's time for us to pour in the wine. 
We know we're talking about the loss, but listen, just in a moment here, I'm going to call pastor up. Because, listen, I, I believe that the lost people are not the only hurting people. Right? There's somebody in here this morning that's hurting. And let me tell you, Jesus is here this morning to heal your wounds. If only you would ask him. And I believe that. And let me tell you, from pulpit to pew, from leadership to just regular parishioner, every single one of us is struggling with something this morning. That's real. Hallelujah. The days of, of us acting like we have it all together, that's over. Honey, that's religion. That ain't relationship. Mm. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Blessed be the name of Jesus. And if you're hurt this morning, you need your wounds to be healed. I can promise you this, that the doctor's here this morning. The good, the good Samaritan is here this morning. And honey, he's walking by and he sees your hurt. And his heart is full of compassion this morning. The word of God says, for we have not a high priest that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Honey, what does that mean? Jesus feels your pain. He feels your broken heart. And he's here this morning. He's here this morning to meet our needs like only he can. So let's do this. Blessed be the holy name of Jesus. Blessed be the holy name of Jesus. Come on, let's stand to our feet this morning. Come on, lift your hands this morning and say, God, I thank you. Say, Lord, I thank you for where you found me. Come on, somebody tell him, Jesus, I never shall forget where you found me. Lord, and it's from that place I want to love people. We ask you right now to anoint this church. Come on, those that pray, pray with me this morning. We ask you to anoint this church. Give us an anointing for the lost. Give us anointing, Lord, for lost people. Draw them this morning, Jesus. Draw them to this place, Lord, where they can get their wounds healed. Draw them to this place. And right now, hallelujah, we're going to ask pastor to come up. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of Jesus. And can we get the prayer, the prayer team, can we get them up here? Can we get the prayer team up here? Honey, there's some hurt people in here this morning. Hallelujah. What we're going to do is, honey, if you, you don't have to come up. You don't got to do anything.
And if the prayer team, if they don't have anybody standing in front of them, that's okay. Hallelujah. There's a passage in the word of God where the centurion wanted Jesus to heal someone. Hallelujah. And he had enough faith to say this, Lord, you ain't got to come, but if you just speak the word. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of Jesus. So let me tell you something this morning. Jesus is here to heal your hurt this morning. So we're going to pray. And honey, if you have a need, if you have some hurt, whatever it may be, I just ask you to put that before him and let him pour in the oil. Let him pour in the wine this morning. Pastor. Thank you, Lord. Ryan, you gave us the word of God this morning from a tender heart. And I love you, buddy. I love you. God bless you. Thank you. Ryan, I want you to stand right down there in the middle. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to end this service today with a great altar call. I believe the Lord wants to pour in some oil this morning. <laughs> to pour in some oil from heaven. And if you're here today and you're hurting or you need anything from the Lord, we want to pray for you. And we're going to believe God that you're going to walk out of here different than you came in. Can you say amen? amen. I believe the Lord's going to meet us around these altars today. Praise the Lord. But I'd like to say thank you to a young champion for Jesus, our worship pastor who gave the word of God today. Let's thank the Lord for that. Ryan, great job, buddy. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And before we come to the altar and before we have our altar time, I'd like to speak a blessing over you and over your family. So. If you would like to receive this from the Lord, lift both hands up high over your head in faith. Let the Lord see your faith right now. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. The Lord place his name upon you. The Lord bless your life. If you receive that in faith, clap your hands right now and give God praise. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord forever. How many of you are glad Jesus came to church this morning? Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm going to ask my son Jonathan to come. John, I want you to close this service in prayer. If you want to meet us at these altars, we'd love to pray with you. If you need something from the Lord, he'll meet you right here this morning. Otherwise, we'll see you on Wednesday night. John, close us in prayer. Dear Lord, thank you so much for your word today, for a fresh word which is new, making all things new, God. I pray that it would take root deep in our hearts, God. May we be fertile soil to bear much fruit from your word, God. And thank you for sending a good Samaritan after us, God. And you didn't leave us broken, but you clothed us and you fed us and you healed us, God. And you loved us and you provided for us. You surrounded us with those to, to help take care of us, God. And Lord, you've given us an opportunity to help take care of someone else. I pray that you would give us new eyes that we could see the lost in a new way, the way you see them, God. Someone who needs a touch, someone who needs a word, someone who needs a hand up, God. And may we be your mouthpiece 
to spread your love to the lost. May we shine brighter than ever, God. Just ignite a new flame in us, I pray, that you could light up this world starting right here. I pray for a revival starting in our own hearts, God, and spreading forevermore into eternity with you. We love you and we praise you. We glorify you today. In Jesus' name, amen.